0: In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tug Entertainment or its partners.
1: It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called paying it forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you paying it forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company My Mom Knows Best.com and Glovies but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on com, And now, here's your host, Josephine Jirassi.
2: Well, good morning, everyone. It's Josephine here. And boy, oh boy, I know I say this all the time, but today is going to be the show of 2013. I... My guest is such an accomplished individual. He is going to have a ton of business tips for you today. So trust me, you're going to want to stay on for the whole show. So let's start the show off with my business tip of the week. So I was thinking about this um, during the week, and I wanted to do a special tip today. And what I was thinking was, as an entrepreneur, so many times we come across naysayers and especially, you know, anybody out there who's trying to do this on their own. What I thought would be a great idea was if you could sit down and just write ten of your biggest accomplishments that you have done, and it's your definition of how you define your accomplishments in your business and your personal life, whatever you want to write, list that one to ten. So any time you come across a naysayer, let's say you're at a networking event and somebody says, oh, that's a great idea, but you know what? You're never going to do it. It's too hard to do. Forget it. Go home that night and make sure you go to your desk and read your 10 list and reconfirm with yourself that you're going to do okay. So believe in yourself because that is a secret, in my opinion, to success. All right. With that, let's move on. I'm dying to get our guest on the line. Our guest today is David Pinto. He founded Ratcher Press in 1983. Ratcher Press um, publishes two leading trade publications. The first one's called Mass Market Retailers. Um, You'll see their logo lots of times with the big MMR. And Chain Drug Review is the other one. And that one specializes in chain mass merchant and chain drug retail markets. Mr. Pinto has been reporting on mass market retailing for over 40 years, so he is truly a seasoned, successful entrepreneur. He has a long, illustrative background in the retail industry prior to founding Ratchet Press. He was editor of Chain Store Age Drug Edition and editor of Chain Store Age Supermarkets, both leading publications in the 1970s, serving the chain, drug, and grocery trade. He is actively involved with every major industry association and is a regular speaker to retail industry and supplier events. Mr. Pinto is a graduate of City College in New York. So with that, I am so excited to introduce you and welcome David Pinto to Paying It Forward. Good morning, David.
3: Hello, Josephine. How are
2: you? (laughs) I'm doing great. Thank you so much for being a part of my show. I know you're a very busy executive, and you're taking the time out for us today, so I greatly appreciate that.
3: You make me sound old, Josephine. I'm not that old.
2: (laughs) Well, you're not that old. I know that. You look like you're how, – how about 50? Can I give you 50, David?
3: Too old. That's too old. Too
2: old. All right. <laughs> so we have a lot to talk about today. So, David, what I usually do in the beginning of my show is I love to get a little bit of background, going back to, like, childhood. When you were a child, did you ever envision yourself as an entrepreneur?
3: Never, not for a second.
2: Really? So you just went by the book with everything, and never thought for for a second that you would take a publication to the point that you know your two publications are today.
3: No, I grew up in a family where you work. My father worked for the New York Times. He was a printer, and my my. uh, my take on life was that you work for a company. You work for however many years and then you're retired and you got a gold watch, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Never in a million years did that that I dream of starting my own business.
2: So how did it all happen? What made you just kind of do what all entrepreneurs do and say, you know what, I'm going to really give this a shot because I really believe it's going to work? What the was the one, turning point?
3: The woman I was married to at the time, no longer, always insisted that that we could. She worked with me at this at this company that you that you alluded to earlier, and she said we we should be in our own business. We should be in our own business. And I said I don't know anything about about uh, being in my own business. And while I was working for LeBar Friedman. I, I always had a contentious relationship with my boss, and after 12 years there, we had one fight too many. And I quit, you know, like you, everybody dreams of doing, and for five seconds, you're all happy. Look what I did, and then you realize you have no job, no money, no right. future. <clears throat> so I walked out of this company with no prospects at all, <clears throat> and Susan, my wife's name, who is still my business partner, by the way, wow. said, this is a time, we should, we, now we should start our own business and that 's how I got into it, and it was i 'll tell you it was it was the best thing i 've ever done in my life was 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 starting my own business, but I, I, it was so difficult the first few years i don 't know if i 'd ever have the the, the the nerve or the courage to do it again
2: yeah it 's a scary thing, and I know even for myself david i 've been doing this for seven years with my Glovies, as all my listeners know, but had if I would have known seven years ago that it would have entailed everything that I had to sacrifice and give up, i definitely i don 't think I would have done it
3: yeah, you 're right it 's a scary thing <clears throat> and it 's not the scariness it 's the it 's the the work involved, the unending oh another day of this and and you seven days a week of work and you, you see so little progress at first and finding people and keeping people and all the things you read about, they all, all of a sudden, they're staring you in the face, and it's a, it's a real challenge.
2: Yeah, it truly is. And last night, ABC Nightline News had something on. It's a Navy SEAL camp that a lot of guys sometimes in their midlife crisis decide, wow, I wonder what it would have been like to be a Navy SEAL. So a retired Navy SEAL guy went out and created this camp and people actually pay two thousand dollars to go through this training it's a boot camp for an entire week but what he said was that the most difficult stuff in life we remember the most vividly that we are so proud of it's the easiest stuff we don't remember as much and I thought that applied so well. Okay to being an entrepreneur, because... That's very
3: interesting. That's absolutely true. I remember every detail of the first years of, of Ratchet Press.
2: Yeah, and you know what's hard, I think, David and this was a question I had written down for you, is a lot of times we just see a black hole, especially in the beginning where we're not taking a salary and we're just working, and we're working harder than we ever worked for anybody else. And like you said, we were getting a paycheck back then. But it's a black hole that you just keep kind of walking through, walking through, (coughs) and you hope that you have a support system around you that will help you see that light at the end of the tunnel. And um, it's just so important to—it's perseverance. In so that's exactly
3: that's exactly what it is. <clears throat> and you make little, just very little progress at first, and the, and the trick is to recognize that you're making progress, and things are, are still not great, but they're better than they were a year ago. It took us five years, I think, before we were really established and people began to take us seriously. And we had a we had a competitor <clears throat> who who was just. You know, if we had a a, 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 a an issue with Ten pages of advertising they had an issue with sixty pages of advertising, and you want to say well what 's the point what 's the use of this and then all of a sudden we had twenty five pages of advertising, and they only had forty five pages and that 's how you measure progress and yeah. and of course editorially, we always thought our publication was was the better one and now today we believe that more strongly than ever and you just you know you just have to you have to try if i had a if I have, have Learned one lesson from life. Write this down, uh-huh. Josephine. This okay. is very I'm important.
2: You. <laughs>
3: it's you got to try. When I was a kid, when I was going to school, I was so af- afraid of failure. I wouldn't try. I wouldn't try out of the school newspaper or the school play team or the ball team. volunteer in class because I was afraid I'd, I'd give the wrong answer. You know, I tried to hide in the last row so the teacher couldn't see me, and and that was a mistake. You you have to try. What's the worst that could happen? Nothing. You fail. That's better than not trying.
2: Yeah. You know what? I think as entrepreneurs, that's probably our biggest fear, David, is that I know with me myself, the money, of course, everybody wants to make money because, you know, you don't want to do your business as a hobby. You want it to be a success, a financial success. But to me personally, having I I refuse to fail. I will not fail. And like you said, it's just so important to just get out there and – give it
3: a try. So I love that. Um, yeah, the, the I, money becomes less important. As long as you know you're not going to starve to death, the money is less important than, than, the, than, than the feeling of, of, of success, the feeling that that gives you, that you've accomplished something. When when <clears throat> Susan and I started <clears throat> Rancher Press, which, by the way, was 1978,
2: not 1983,
3: our first challenge was to find an investor. So okay. through luck – sure through luck we found somebody who was willing to put up money and he said Right, what 's the, the the least you two can live on the smallest salary you can live on and we said all right it 's thirty thousand dollars so we were making sixty thousand dollars a year <coughs> which was about half of our combined salaries when we were working for for uh, another company but right. we made that work The money is less important as long as you know you have enough to to live on <coughs> the money's less so, important I than- think
2: you're so right, David, because what we try to do is just live on the least because we know the big picture that in the big scheme of things it's all going to come together and it really hopefully is not going to be an issue but i cannot believe we're on our first break we'll be right back everyone stay tuned
1: Back with more paying it forward with Josephine Gerasi. Right after these on Toginet.com.
0: What time is it? milf and cookies time. Join the rowdy and fun world of Shannon and Amy, two moms I'd like to Facebook, and catch a glimpse of these two best friends as they enjoy their milk status and devise ways to keep it. They, along with their special guests, will happily reveal their best kept secrets on how to feel beautiful from the inside out. Some of the fun segments include Happy Hour with Skinny Girl Margaritas, Confessions of a Bad Eater, Making Your Own Money is So Hot, Tips for Keeping Your Milk Status, and don't forget the cookies we're still moms after all and best friends are like a good brawl they never leave you hanging Shannon represents the ladies in their 40s and is also a woman who came into her Cool status late in life after a good long run with a good club. Amy, on the other hand, is walking the thirty cent And as a high school cheerleader, has pretty much been cool her whole life. Hook up with host Shannon and Amy every Thursday evening at 9 p.m. Central 16, for 19. Filth and Cookies. Here on the Rockstar Radio Network.
4: Familia. Faith. Identity. Tradicion. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramatica. So how do you coexist between the old-school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for más. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values,
1: Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girassi on Togenet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine
2: here, and we have Mr. David Pinto of Ratcher Press with us today, And, um, David, we were just talking about entrepreneurship, and um, what I'd like to know is what is your definition of success as an entrepreneur, and has your definition changed over the years?
3: Well, first, let me say, I don't think the word entrepreneur has a positive connotation. You know, it conjures up an image of a tyrant who insists on making every decision, who doesn't let anybody else have have an idea or a thought. And I've known people like that. Uh... So it's, it doesn't have a, a, a positive uh, connotation, but I think an entrepreneur is—I don't think the definition has changed. I think it's somebody who who wants to go his own way or her own way, mm-hmm. and starts his own whatever business or, or non-profit organization, starts his own. Company or but, company doesn't cover it. Does his right. own thing to use a cliche, and I don't think that definition has changed. But I think that what's happened to 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 the, the the concept of entrepreneurism is that it has a bad reputation. It's you know William Randolph Hearst who who started in the publishing business and. Was tyrannical till the day he died. I guess you could call him an entrepreneur, even though he became <coughs> the world's biggest publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, and my definition of entrepreneur is somebody who goes his own way, okay. who really wants to be on there on his own. Okay. And that's what that's what it is, and it hasn't changed, and it will never change.
2: All right, I, I agree with you. It's just we're kind of jumping in with our two feet and making the best with the hope of making a better life for ourselves and for lots of other people.
3: You know, the better question is what makes someone entrepreneurially oriented? What makes someone want to do this while another person is perfectly happy getting a weekly paycheck? As I said earlier, my father worked for the New York Times for years and years. And he, he had never, it was outside his frame of reference Ever leave that comfort zone of getting a weekly paycheck and he wasn't wealthy I mean we were what you would now call lower middle-class people we grew up in the Bronx and my father worked for for the Times as a printer and he was there 25 years he never aspired to anything anything more than that it wasn't that he wasn't ambitious he was he was an educated person it was this is, this was his frame of reference drawing a paycheck working for a job you know you want to know what's changed <clears throat> when i was growing up Mm-hmm. My parents said, become a school teacher because no matter what happens, you'll always have it, a job. You know, these were Depression-era people, and right. all they wanted was a job. And, you know, nowadays... But a
2: job the, with benefits, right, David? Oh, yeah, everybody,
3: everybody wants benefits. One of the things I'm proudest of in our company is we pay full health care benefits, and we have from day one. You Aww. work here, you get health care benefits. You know, we, always, we went into That's this... Great. Susan and I went into the saying, we're going to treat people <clears throat> the way we always wanted to be treated when we were working for other companies, and never were. And never were. Mm-hmm. So people get full health care. They get, you know, real vacation. They don't get one week after 15 years, none of that stuff. So, but anyway, getting back to, to my parents, they grew up at a time and in, in an era where you, were, you needed a job. A job was a thing. So my father never, never, Thought of going, going on into business on his own. You want to hear another interesting thing to show you how things have changed? Oh, let, me when I, let me know when I'm boring you, <laughs>
2: <Jessica. laughs> so I I have so many questions for well, you. All I right, think. I'll
3: make this real quick. When we, all right, we go you know, ahead. Growing up in the Bronx, it was always a struggle, paycheck to paycheck. And finally, when I was uh, a junior in college or a sophomore in college, and my brother was in high school, my mother decided to get a job, and she went to work for the public library. And it was all my father could do to let her do it, because in those days, women didn't work. And he, he, he was almost felt compromised by the fact that his wife had to go to work. And she didn't have to. She wanted to, but it certainly helped us out. Anyway, that's the end of my story.
2: Well, that's an amazing story. Uh And you know what, David, like yourself. It's so interesting that my dad was a printer too. And I was brought up with that same kind of mentality that oh, you gotta go to college but as soon as you get out you need a job, you need the benefits and It's funny how, yes, it did bring me to security, but I always had that burning desire that I had to go and do something because I always felt that I had a better way of doing it than the people I worked for, and it was so frustrating to have to stay in the box. I just always wanted to be out of the box. Well,
3: it turns out you were right. I mean, at the (laughs) success you've become?
2: Yes, we all define success in our own way, right, David? (laughs) (laughs) But, um, all right, so... I have another quick question. What is the best advice you've ever received as an entrepreneur?
3: That's a very interesting question. I have to think about that. You should have given me this question before we went on the air.
2: (laughs) You, you told know, me you know the answers to all
3: my I, questions. I once, you know, one of my, one of my jobs, as you said when you introduced me, is knowing the people in this industry. And and yes. and man named Alex Grass, who founded and built Rite Aid, the Rite Aid drugstore chain, mm-hmm. and and he told me you have to learn as much as you can about everything. He said. Your job doesn't begin at 9 o'clock and end at 5 o'clock. He said, if you're looking for an idea, go to a museum. Go to the theater. Go, go start, look at art. Look, I mean, the world around you is full of ideas for you. And, boy, is that true. Oh,
2: that is so that. true.
3: And, yeah, and that, that's, that was terrific advice. And, and in time, uh, I, I've taken that advice. The, 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 the world is full of ideas.
2: Wow. That sounds great. It sounds like I'm going to the museum this weekend with my children. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. What do you see as the most common mistake new entrepreneurs make?
3: <clears throat> Spending money that they mm-hmm. don't have. You know, a group of, of, of journalists decided to uh, – this was several years ago, decided to start a sports magazine. And the first thing they did is went out and got the most expensive office space in Manhattan. And they hey. outfitted it with the best furniture and, and uh, computers and this and that. And, and they spent themselves out of business before they ever got started. When we started, we got desks. And, in fact, I'm sitting at my desk now. And this is the desk we started with. It's a metal desk. And we got it from some kind of thrift shop. And it was $2. Or something. Oh wow. They wanted to get rid of the desk so we took it. We we, we sublet space for $5 a foot, you know, this is Manhattan we're talking about. The the, the 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 biggest mistake people make is spending money they don't have. And I'm not saying to be to be a tightwad about it. You got to spend money. And we had to spend money. You know, we had to travel. We had to go out and see what was happening. We had to sell advertising. So you have to know what to spend money on yeah. and what not to. And the biggest mistake is spending money you don't have. That's the biggest yeah. mistake.
2: But, David, like, how do you get to the point, like, when you're trying to decide, your business is starting to take off, and you're trying to decide to hire people, but you not can't pay them the money that you feel that they're worth. That you want to pay them, like you want to pay them a lot more than you can afford.
3: And a, this goes yeah.
2: back to what you were just saying: knowing how to spend your money.
3: But that's how a good can, question. You how know, you
2: get good people around you.
3: Well, you have to offer them something beside money. We we, we faced that, and the first people we ha- we hired were terrible. We want We're firing people a week after we hired them. And each one of us was blaming the other. No, you hired. No, no, no. You hired. Yeah, but you liked them. No, no, no. You liked them better. And, and that's a very difficult thing. You have to, you should only hire good people. And if you can't hire good people, don't hire anyone. Because bad people do more harm to an organization than they do good. I mean, right. they, 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 they hurt you. Do I have to hang up now?
2: No. Oh. Sorry, I didn't shut the other phone off. So you're well, so not, right about this that. This is not David.
3: CBS television, is it? Phones <laughs> are ringing? Uh, no. But you, well, you but have to right. offer them challenge. You have to offer them something they're not getting. You know, the same reason you go into your own business is a, is a reason why people want to work for for a young company, a company that's not afraid, that's not afraid to try things. Where you're almost your own boss. Hey, you're going to be our editor, but you're your own boss. That's a compelling proposition. You know, it's yeah. not only and always about the money.
2: It yeah, really okay. is. I like that, David. I think that that's a great um, a great idea. But there's. A great comment. But there's also, like, it's, I don't know, that whole concept of, as as an entrepreneur, I am always, my brother's a big entrepreneur, and we had dinner last night, and we were talking, and he was like, oh, there's this incredible new program out there. It's um, a time management, a project management system that is on the cloud, and it's called Zoho, Z-O-H-O. So my listeners out there, check it out, because it really looks like an amazing program. And what happens, David, is that if you have interns or you have employees, this allows you to come up, define your project, and every single task that has to be accomplished, has to be done in order to accomplish your task or your goal, whatever. And um, he was saying, you know, it can cost $50 a month, and the question is, is As a business starting out, it's just so scary to say, okay, I'm going to have that recurring expense. It doesn't sound like a lot of money, but where's the turning point here to say, in the big scheme of things, this is nothing compared to what it's going to do to the business in order to get the return?
3: Is there a question somewhere in there?
2: (laughs) This whole money thing still scares me.
3: All right, well, listen. First of all, I'm not necessarily a believer in consultants and, and programs and projects. You know, you, in, the, in the beginning, you feel your way, and it's the best way to do it. You know, I, I can tell you a story. There, well, here we there, go.
2: We're already up on another break. Oh, we'll be back well. shortly, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girassi right after these on Toginet.com. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler Vivian McNinney Fridays at 5, 4 central on Toginet.com. They survived and thrived, and you can, too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, she'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNenney Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central, on toginet.com. What's ideal for you? really what's ideal for you being who you are doing what you love and getting out and about with friends what's ideal for you with your host, Janice Christopher. Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. And it all starts with Janice doing just that. Then being open, curious, authentic, and living her life on a quest to discover everything that could possibly make life ideal. Check out the website, What's whatsidealforyou.com. Studies have shown that 80% of Americans, and probably everyone else, too, dislike their work. The mission then is to turn that passion statistic around to show how it is possible to live your passions and make a living or live your passions so that you'll be able to mush through your job until you can change it and watch life's magic begin to happen. It's What's Ideal for You with your host Janice Christopher Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's
2: Josephine here, and we have Mr. David Pinto on the line with us. So, David, here, I'm going to rephrase my question to you.
3: Hold it. I'm interrupting you. This is very exciting. Maybe I'll start a radio station. Is is it very difficult? Does it require a lot of money? Does it require a big investment? No, just kidding.
2: Hogi, that Radio is amazing, <laughs> and they've done a great job, and I cannot believe it's over three years that I'm doing it. And people say to me, but I don't understand. Why do you do it? And I say, it's so exciting for me as a business owner to interview successful people like yourself. Because I get to learn along with my listeners, and it's my form of giving back, which is why I called it paying it forward. So, anyway, that's my little spiel, but I am very grateful to TogiNet for having me as one of their great hosts. Okay, back to our question, David. Are you ready? I'm ready. How do you know what to spend your money on?
3: That's a good question. Where did you think up that question? <laughs> um, <laughs> that, you know, that's a very difficult – well, you know, it's difficult, but it's not difficult. Um, there are certain things – I'll talk about the publishing business. There are certain travel – the biggest expenses we have, payroll is one. Printing and paper costs are, are very big, and, and they're always increasing. But you've got to print. You need paper. I mean, those are costs you have to absorb. You have to get out. In in the publishing business, nothing happens. It's like retailing. Nothing happens unless you're in the stores at retail. You know, (laughs) uh, I I told you a while ago I knew Sam Walton well. He, he, He said to me, nothing ever happens. in in, in the home office, which is what they call their office in Bentonville. And anyone who's never been to Bentonville, I said that's very wise. Never go to Bentonville.
2: (laughs) No, but But, I was just recently there, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was very interesting, a different way of life.
3: But Sam went, all right, hold on. This is, I'm the one who's being interviewed. All right, right, go
2: ahead, go ahead. (laughs) Sam
3: Walton said to me shortly after we started in business, don't let your costs get out of hand. Once they do, you'll never get them back, back under control. And Sam used to, when he traveled, he would bring a bunch of his people with him to go to, like, the houseware show in Chicago or a craft show somewhere. You know, he was always looking for merchandise. And he would sleep in a hotel room with five or six other people. <laughs> I mean, this, is a wealth, this was the wealthiest man in the world. This, is, of course, was before he became wealthy. But he just, he was a fanatic about saving money. He, he just, we were once having breakfast, and he had a off to a meeting, and it was in Bentonville. We were having breakfast at the local Holiday Inn. Breakfast was $3, and he said to me, I, I got to run. Pick this up. I'll pay you back, and he never did, but he, and, and I'd rather have him, even though he's no longer with us, owe me the $3 than have, have him, had him pay me back, but he was obsessed by knowing where to spend his money. And you learn that. You, it's, it's not anything you find in a book. If you have to travel by air, you fly coach. You never fly first class. And you certainly, even after we were successful, I couldn't fly business class with one of my people flying coach. You just There are certain things you don't do, and it's, it's common sense stuff. You have to know what to spend your money on.
2: I, I think that that is so, so true. And I'm sure the level of it just changes as we get into business, get more and more involved in our business.
3: You don't ever want the level to change too much. At Walmart, I mean, Walmart's way off the deep end with, with this uh, saving money and all this stuff. But, the, but their culture, it it's, it's saved their culture. The Walmart culture is the biggest reason for, for, for Walmart's success. They've never changed. They still th- think of Sam Walton as a, a, a real cheapskate, but he knew what to do with money. He knew how to spend money. So, you know, these things don't change. You know, you you don't buy a metal desk one year and then buy a beautiful mahogany desk five years later because you can afford it. A metal desk is good enough.
2: Yeah. I think I agree with you, David. It's a hard thing to do, but um, it's vital to the business. That's right. David, seriously, at some point, did you ever feel like I can understand you having your metal desk because that desk represents a lot to you. But at some point, did you ever feel that you wanted to just go and, like, I'm sure there's a point where you want to, like, treat yourself to say, wow, I really did this, but not no, right? Well,
3: I'd like to put a (laughs) cot in my office because the older I get, the more I need afternoon (laughs) naps.
2: No, it's not. This
3: is just trapping. I've been to offices where you can't see one end of the office from the other. That's so big. You know, what is that? You don't need that. That's about ego. You don't need that. Okay. And, you know, you, you, you need to you know, keep, keep yourself under control. It's, an, it's a business office.
2: All right. I like that. All right. Next question Some entrepreneurs can't shut it off. How do you balance your work life?
3: You're asking good questions. Really, I don't know the answer to that. I
2: think about it. I'll come back to it. Well, no, go to
3: you know. I said earlier, go to go to a museum. Go okay. to an art gallery, go to see a Broadway show, go to a baseball game. You have to, you have to get out because this, this, thing's, this thing becomes all-encompassing. That's all you do, seven days yeah. a week. You wake up Sunday morning. Gee, maybe I'll go into the office for an hour. Catch up. And you never catch up. There is no such thing as catching up because you mm-hmm. never catch up. There's new things all the time. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer. I think part of being a successful entrepreneur is is not not striking a balance you know you do this you do this job cause you love it you know so you, you love don't it
2: don't strike a balance, david because in my mind i'm hoping that as my business becomes bigger i'm hoping that i'm going to be able to establish a great team around me, people that are so good that they do things almost better than me, so that I could hopefully have the balance that I'm hoping for to have my family life with my children, my husband and then have a successful business also.
3: You you're asking me two different questions. As long as you own a business, as long as it's your business, you'll never be able to to leave it for any length of time. I have the longest vacation I've ever had in my life, I think is 2 weeks. Okay. Uh, but after 2 weeks, I want right, that's back. enough. That's enough. I wonder what's going on at the office. I wonder how many pages we sold in our first January issue. I wonder. I wonder what stories we're covering. It's. It's. And it's not. It's not uh, anything you don't. Look forward to. You love it. You love it yeah. So you want to do it. Okay, you don't that's love my what problem. You're doing, that's huh? my yeah.
2: problem. I'm on the beach with my children, and in my mind, I'm thinking, "Okay, what's my next pro- uh, product? What's my..." Next? And it's like you can't shut it off. But we love it, so yeah, you don't want good. to
3: shut it off. You don't right. want to shut it off. You know, all okay. my friends, all my friends. This is a sad thing. All my friends are people I've met through business. None of them I mean very few people do I know from when I was a kid, very few people from when I was in the army everything i every person I know and like and admire and respect has come to me through business that 's oh, a good cool. thing that 's a good thing
2: i I absolutely think it is, but why do you think it 's a sad thing
3: Well, you like to have some some some, some interest outside of 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 business, I mean, if I knew uh, Stephen Sundheim <coughs> or uh, Joe DiMaggio or Winston Churchill, well, I wouldn't want to give them up just because I, I, I'm, I'm in business. If Winston Churchill invited me to come to London, boy, I'm going to go to see Winston Churchill. <laughs> but um, I don't have lo- I don't have room for Winston Churchill or Joe DiMaggio or Ethel Merman or Stephen Sondheim. I'm too absorbed in business.
2: Right. So, so that's my- the sad
3: part of that, you know.
2: Yeah, I, I agree, I agree. But okay. Is there anything next... I've
3: said that you don't agree with, Josephine?
2: No, I agree with everything. <laughs> That's why I adore you so much. So do you have any role models?
3: Yeah, Pete, Pete Seeger, Charles Schultz. You know, you know who Pete Seeger is?
2: No, that was my next question to you.
3: Well, you have to look it up. Look up Pete Seeger, and and on an, on the next program, I'll we'll discuss it. Pete Seeger's a folk a folk singer. He's changed. He's changed America. He's changed America, and you know Charles Schultz did the Peanuts comic strip.
2: Of course, yeah. And,
3: and I think in his way, he changed America too. Those those two would be two of my idols. You know the now, usual. I'm a Democrat. I like Franklin Roosevelt. I was devastated when when. When Jack Kennedy got killed, sure. I, I like some of the some of the good entertainers wow.
0: um,
3: i love I love the musical theater, so I love Stephen Sondheim and I like riders and hammerstein i am I'm a sports fan, so I love Mickey Mantle. but <laughs> my heroes are you know I'll stick to those two for now. Charles Schultz and Pete Seeger.:
2: all right, that sounds good so um all right. I'm going to switch – well, not really switch gears. I have another question for you. When was a defining moment when you really, really felt success?
3: That's, a, that's also a good question. <laughs> we, we had a, an initial success, and then two of our salespeople left, and, and so all of a sudden we had a setback. But, I, you know, I don't think you ever sit back and say, wow. I, I say to Susan, you know, once in a while we ought to, we ought to look at each other and say, "Wow, well, look what we've done in, mm-hmm. in 35 years. We'll, you know, we have the leading publications in two retail categories, by far, not just by a little bit, by far. Right. We're, we're, look, we're looked on with, with respect. Uh, I'm invited to speak at places. I'm invited to, to go to China and England. and I mean, I'm a schlapper from the Bronx. I never thought this would happen. And I never, I never for a second... Take it seriously. Say, wow, look and look what I've done. It's all been hard work and knowing sure. what the hell you're doing, in, 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 the, in my case, in the publishing business.
2: But Ethan, David, I think one of the nicest things is when I've come to your office and I see the buzz going <coughs> around the office and all of the employees there, that if you and Susan didn't take that chance, none of those people would have a job with you. And the fact that small businesses out there are creating real jobs for people and they're able to use their money to live and to feed their families and to pay their mortgages and everything, I think it's, it's bigger than people really
3: <laughs> Is there a question here, Josephine?
2: No, because we're coming <laughs> oh, up. I'm going to answer that
3: question That's the my biggest source of satisfaction. Yeah. We, we're 35 years old. There are people who've been with us. The majority of the people who have been with us. Oh no, my <laughs> best
2: thoughts come right before. commercials. we'll be right back, everyone. Thanks. <laughs>
1: right back with more paying it forward with josephine jirossi right after these on Toginet.com. evermore people have the means to live but no meaning to live for these are the words of dr victor frankel the inspiration for the movie victor and i that's v-i-k-t-o-r and i movie.com and talk radio the meaning connection with host Mary Similuca and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley, Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on Toganet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose at all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? Well, pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on Toginet.com.
2: Well, welcome back, everyone. For being here. We're on our last segment of Paying It Forward with my wonderful guest, David Pinto. And David, before commercial, we were talking about um, your biggest source of satisfaction as a business owner.
3: You know, before we get to that, have we discussed my fee yet for this appearance?
2: <laughs> no. My no. biggest
3: source of satisfaction. We're 35 years old. Most of our people have been with us or our company for 25 years. Wow. And I've seen them buy homes, put their kids through school. That's the biggest source of sex. And if it weren't for me, I mean, I'm not saying that if it weren't for Susan and me, they, they wouldn't have jobs. But right. I think we've made their life better. I think they're better off for having worked for Ratchet Press.
2: I have such goosebumps, David, because you know I believe in you. and. So many people. I can tell you in the past couple of years, I must have met 20 people, and this is hats off to you because every person that I say, oh, I'm a friend of David Pinto, or I know David Pinto through business, they all look at me and they all seem to have the same story about you, David, and do you want to know what it is? Because I don't think I ever told you this.
3: I can hardly wait. Go ahead. They
2: all tell me that when they first started out in business, You were the one that believed in them and you were the one that gave them their first chance and their first opportunity. So I just, I think there are. are so many people out there that adore you and love you, and yes, you're an incredible boss. I even get that from your employees. So wow, all... I'm
3: going I'm to ask for a raise if this keeps
2: up. <laughs> it's all good stuff, but we have to move right along. But David, just tell us real quick what is the difference between your two publications? And I know the answer <clears throat> to it because I've gone to many, many trade shows, and I always see your your magazines at the trade shows. But tell us the difference between
3: the two. Well, it's simple. Our first publication, which we started in 1978, not 1983, is Chain Drug Review. And it's written and edited for America's chain drug stores, CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid, all the regional chains, and it goes to all the headquarters and all the drugstores, all the chain drugstores. Chain drug stores four or more stores commonly owned. Our other publication, MMR, goes across trade classes, drug chains, discount stores like Walmart and Target, supermarkets, and it only goes to headquarters. So that, 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 the, the idea behind MMR is that trade classes are blurring. You don't only shop uh, a drugstore. If you want to buy Crest Toothpaste, you can buy Crest Toothpaste at a discount store, at a supermarket, mm-hmm. or Bayer Aspirin, or, or uh, Pantene, or, you know, anything. You can buy across channels. There's no such thing. As, food isn't only sold any longer in a supermarket. It's sold in a drugstore. It's sold in a discount store. That's the object behind MMR.
2: Okay, got it? great. I got it. Um, but what are the benefits to somebody in taking out ads? I mean, I've been to the trade shows, and I know it's so important to be seen, especially when you have new products on the market. Um, well,
3: all right, everybody knows the advantages or the supposed advantages right. of, of, of advertising. You get exposure for your product or your idea or your program. <clears throat> we don't sell advertising. We sell involvement. If you want to get involved in the chain drugstore industry, if you become a customer of ours, Perfect. we'll we'll get you involved. We'll, we'll we'll reduce what would normally take five years to do. To six months. We'll tell you which associations to belong to, what meetings to go to, which people to know at which companies. We'll help you, we'll help you meet these people. You know, we don't, we don't sell product for people, but we get them and we help them get the, their products in front of people. We sell involvement. We're the only ones who, who do it. We're the only ones who can do it in our business because we've been doing it for so long. We know everybody.
2: And I mean that is um, that's exactly the answer I was looking for, David. Because I have gone to your events, and what it being a client of Ratchet Press, MMR, or Chain Drug, the thing is, you the door is opened wide open where you are meeting face to face with the buyers. That like you, I can't even tell you how many times I tried to reach a buyer early on when I first started my business, David. They wouldn't give me the time of day. But there you allow your clients to have opportunities constantly. It's not just one event a year, it's all the time that they can go and they can actually meet face to face with the with the people that are making the real decisions. And that, you know about- that's
3: one of the sad things about our business that it it takes us to do this. Buyer, a buyer's job is to see you. A buyer's job is to give glovies a chance. A buyer's job is to meet you at least halfway. And they don't do it. Buyers don't uh, they don't do their jobs a lot of times. You know, they, it's too easy for them to say no. They won't get into any trouble if they say no. But if they take a chance and it fails, then they get, they get asked to explain their failure. It's, not, it's one of the not good things about, about retailing.
2: Yeah, I think you're 100% right. But we are running out of time here, and we have five business tips to squeeze in. So we're ready for your first business tip, David.
3: My first business. You didn't tell me this. <laughs> Come
2: on. You know, I said at the
3: beginning of, of this program, you have to try. And that's more difficult. That's more difficult than it sounds. You know, it's so easy to give up. It's so easy. Uh, you know, I, 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 I don't want to. I've, I've been, I, I've gone to California for dinner. and And... People say, what are you, crazy? You flew, you flew to California for an hour dinner? Yeah, and I would do it again. Because it's that, it's that how do you know if that's not the dinner that's going to get you a great story or, or, or another 10 pages of advertising? You've got to try. Number two, you have to hire good people. Uh, You know, when you're desperate and you need people, it becomes very easy to hire uh, Elmer Fudd if he walks into the office. You can't do that. You have to resist that. Somebody better will come along. Um, Number three, don't quibble over $10 a week if a person is looking for a certain salary. What Susan says, and it's one of her many laudable qualities, she'll say, when a salary comes up, she'll say, how much money are you looking for? And if it's a little out of our budget, she'll say, okay. Don't, don't quibble on salary. Don't nickel and dime people. It, it, gives, them, it, gives, a bad, it gives a bad flavor to things.
2: I of, agree but, with you, yeah. David. Somebody once said on my radio show <laughs> that you should always pay the employees a little more. Then you think that they're really looking for because they stay vested in the company.
3: That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. <coughs> I'll tell you something we don't do, and I, and I wish we did. We don't acknowledge milestones. Somebody's been, you know, Judy Mansueto, who works in absolutely. Our Chicago. She's been here 25 years. And I said, on your 25th anniversary, I'm coming to Chicago, and we're going to have dinner. And I don't, I want to do that. And I don't know if I will. And, she, and because Susan doesn't encourage that, and she's my partner, and and she's not a rah-rah person. And you have to be a rah-rah. Sam Walton was the biggest rah-rah person I ever knew. He would do, you know, he, he would do a Walmart cheer every Saturday. And he would do a, Walmart used to be spelled W-A-L-Dash, M-A-R-T. And he called the dash a squiggly. And a squiggly was like a twist. So you would do a Walmart cheer and you would come to the, to the dash, you'd do a squiggly. And the whole company would do this ridiculous squiggly. And boy, <laughs> they came to embrace that. Let's do a Walmart cheer. Let's do a squiggly. And they're going to lose that <clears throat> because Sam Walton's been, been gone for 15 years. But you need to have a little, you can't overdo it. Yeah, but
2: I have to say, I agree with you. I have to say about Susan, I think that your company is so successful because the two of you seem to complement each other when it comes to business, whereas... She might not have the squiggly in her, but she's got the business sense, and she runs the business so successfully. Yeah,
3: that, that's true. Uh, my, one of my lines is, if it weren't for Susan, <clears throat> our company would be twice as large, and if it wasn't for Susan, we'd be out of business. And both of those things is true. I want to do anything. I'll try, hey, let's start right. another publication. Let's do this. Right. Let's, let's go to uh, St. Thomas right. and have a, 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 you know, a business right. meeting.
2: But you, you, you don't
3: that. do those things. You can't do yeah. those things.
2: But that's I'm, great because she reels you in, but she knows when to let you go because right. you're the people person. That's All right. right, we have three minutes. Tip number four.
3: Tip number four. Are we up to tip number four? I'm not a big believer in, 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 in business meetings, internal, internal meetings. Okay. I don't think you need to get the company together to discuss something except on, on really significant occasions. I believe if you have an editorial idea, you need to get the editors and, and talk about it. If you have a sales idea, uh, you need to uh, uh, get the salespeople. But I don't believe in company-wide meetings. I'll tell you another one. Mm-hmm. In the end, somebody, somebody once told me, a, real, a guy I really respected in business, said if, something's been, been, if an idea has been floated, for a year, and no decision has been make, made, you got to make that decision. All right, you guys have had enough. I'm making the decision. There are certain things in this company where I say, that's enough. This is what we're doing. And I'll get arguments. I'll get pushback. It doesn't matter. This is, listen, this is what we're doing. I'm the president of this company. This is what we're doing. And that's a, that's a very difficult thing to do. You know, We like to, we like to let people have their own ideas and their input and their thoughts but I'll tell you when things go on in this company for a month and we haven't resolved it that's it we're not this is what we're doing and it's difficult but it's necessary
2: okay and your final business tip David that was it that was it (laughs) I thought that had part to do with the internal business meeting my
3: final business tip if you have an idea for 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 a, 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 an idea for a company a product, gee, do it, because you're going to look back in 30 years and say, God, I wish I had done that. Or you're going to see all of a sudden someone else will come up, will, will have this on the market, and it's a big success, and you'll kick yourself, why didn't I do it? There's no there's no crime in failing. You got to try. You got you have an idea, do it. Don't let the other guy do it. Do
2: it. Oh, I love it. I I love, I enjoy this interview. I know I'm going to get lots of emails from my listeners. I am begging, David, i never do this. You can ask everybody and you can go through over 100 shows that I've done. I very rarely have a guest come back on the show. I am begging you to come back. Will you come back to Paying It Forward, David?
3: At the same fee or like or an increase? <laughs> I'd be delighted to, Josephine.
2: Oh, that's great. So I'm going to try to schedule that in the next couple of weeks, and I want to thank you so much for being a part of Dave, um, Paying It Forward,
3: David. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should change the name to the David Pinto Hour.
2: <laughs> it sounds great. But thanks again, and everybody have a great, productive week, and I'll see you next week on Paying It Forward. Thanks, everyone.
1: Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Gerasi on ToggyNet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week, we'll be discussing accomplishments, lessons,